All right, we are live now. Hello. Hi. Hi, podcast listeners. Hi, podcast listeners. This is Story Time with Dave. I'm your host, Dave. And I'm Nicole. This is Nicole, co-hosting, if you will. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Did you know you were a co-host until I just said no, that? No, I didn't know that. You thought you were just a guest. I thought I was just a guest, but now I have a lot of responsibility. This is big. This is... And you will not be paid. <laughs> um... Okay, then. <laughs> so you're quitting? She's yeah, I'm done. Right I'm leaving. leaving. Bye. Bye. Okay, so it's back to just me. And I'll be. That's very. You're really selling the footsteps. <laughs> Did you hear those footsteps? <laughs> oh, she's still leaving. Can you hear that? She's still leaving. And this time they were getting further away. The first go round, she was just walking in place. But that time she actually. Walked away. So yeah, it was like that. Well, I thought the flip flops were good, <laughs> just for us from a sound perspective. I thought that added a layer. It's dramatic, wasn't that, it? Yeah, it might have been lacking otherwise. <laughs> I thought it added an important layer for people really feeling what was going on and being there. You know, we don't have we don't have we don't have cameras. We have to paint a picture. We sh you're right. With our sounds. Yeah. I am I I will still I will stay and do the podcast even though I'm not getting paid. So, you'll just have well, to do oh, whatever no, I want. You, so you think I'll just take you back. You think I'll just take you back Wait, like can that? Can I Can I co-host? Just pay me. Nicole is our first official sponsor. <laughs> She's going to be paying me to co-host. That's that's actually a great way to get sponsors. Just like invite people on the podcast and then just get them to leave. Get them to leave. But then convince them to come back. And then and then say and then manipulate them. Exactly, manipulate them into giving you money. Be like, oh, thank you so much. You you just decided to donate to the podcast. Like on air, they can't say no. Manipulative people get a bad rap, but they're very effective. They're very effective. I'm sure a lot of them are wealthy. Exactly. If you want to be a good entrepreneur, I feel like you should be at least a little bit manipulative. You should. It's part of the job. No, and if you're not manipulative, you're probably weak. weak. You're weak. Yeah. yeah. Only strong people <laughs> manipulate. Weak people would be like, no, I don't manipulate. I'm a good person. Like, no, you're a weak person. <laughs> exactly. Actually, what I like about you is that you're manipulative. That's well, I manipulate I you, like about you constantly. We're yeah. dating for the new <laughs> listeners. This is my girlfriend, Nicole. And yeah, there are a lot of controlling tactics that I use. That's you know what's just part fun of being a man. Is now that I've understood your controlling tactics, I can outsmart you. You can and reverse control you. me. Exactly. Because right. I'm smart and I, I'm able to see it before you do it. So like if you're being sarcastic, I'll just do the opposite. Right. What if that's what if that's also part of my manipulation plan? <laughs> so for you to think that you know what I'm doing. Oh my god. That would be fucked up. That's so such a mind fuck. Exactly. Oh my god, you would do that. Effective. You would double manipulate me. You would you would like anticipate what I'm anticipating. Yeah. It's like it's like a five layer burrito of manipulation. Oh my god, I've never been more attracted to you. Wow, see, it works, guys. <laughs> Fellas, it works. People gotta know. <laughs> All dudes are like, no, I have to act like a complete pussy. And then women will love me. 
Um, it doesn't. It doesn't work like that. Yeah, I loved Does you before, it? but like, yeah, no, I, I used to fell do in that. love with you when you just, as you just said, five layer burrito of manipulation. You used well, that analogy, and it was sexy as hell. Yeah, that was pretty cool when I did that. I have to admit, <laughs> I don't take that lightly. You know, I really don't. This is very. That's a very important thing. Yeah, I have a lot. I have a. I have fun with you. You're. You're. You're good. You're. You keep me on my toes when you control me and. and <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! No, I'm trying to be sarcastic. I know, it's I not know. working. They, yeah, they'll never know. <laughs> They're never gonna know when you're being sarcastic. You're gonna have to tell them. They don't even know. know when I'm being sarcastic. Because you're very dry. Like sometimes, like on stage, like there was one time you were like, "I'm better than all of you," and yeah. I was like, "I." Went well, up that to time you after. I meant it. That time I meant it because we oh, were you at, did? well, we were at an open mic at Olive, so obviously. But you did mean that though. Or no, were you not trying really. to be I'm oh. being sarcastic right now. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> because, okay, listeners, he was he just went up on stage. That was, and was half like, a joke. That was a half joke. What? Oh, you you did you did mean to be sarcastic. Yeah, I should have said I'm better at comedy than you. That's what I should have said. You know what was funny is you you just so you said it so dry. You're like I'm better than all of you in this bar. Like you didn't say in this bar, but you're like I'm better than all of you. And then I looked over and there was like just people snarling at you from the bar. They're like, who the fuck is this punk? And I'm like, it's a fucking comedy show, but. That some people don't like your delivery. It was almost like you believed that you're better than everybody. So you were such a good actor. You gotta believe that, right? You gotta believe what? You're better than everybody. <laughs> yeah. No, there's actually here's a Ralph Waldo Emerson quote. You want to really? hear it? Yeah, let's hear it. He said, um, "What did he say? What did he say? Uh, what did he say?" Ralph know. Waldo Emerson. Uh, he said, "Oh no, 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 no." No, 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 no. very unprofessional. Yeah, well, you just brought it up, and I didn't know you were going to bring it up, and you should have told me. You should have known what I had on my phone. This should be scripted, this podcast, so we don't have moments like this. Well, I can't find it now. He said something about, like, everyone's better than you in some way. Yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. I'm happy that people are better than me, because I would be so unmotivated if I was the best. If, if, like... People drive you forward by being they, better than you. They do. Like, I... If I didn't have role models, I... It would be really difficult to be motivated to do anything. I found it. See, everyone uh, is better than you in some way. That's wonderful. Well, that was the cool thing about being at Westside Comedy Club last night. I was like, oh, this is actual comedy. Not to be mean to our local scene, but naturally the talent level is going to be higher. Because people right. go to New York to do right, comedy. Right. Like, they get good, then they go to New York. Well, or they start in New the, York. The smart so people do that. But yeah. there's some people well, that some of them go to go LA. To some of them go to LA. Yeah. Or they go to the city nearest them. Right. So, but every city scene is going to have a better scene than the true than the local scene. True. It seems like. Did you hear that? Yeah, I heard that. What is that? Intruder alert. Stop. No, I bet it's Rachel. Is I it bet home? Rachel just got home, and she's going to slam the door. <laughs> Are you ready? She's going to slam the door. Well, okay, but it was cool. I was, I, I told you, I felt motivated. That's amazing, and you needed. That. I mean, we all need that yeah. fresh. Got to see motivation. What's actually going on? Got to see the other comics around the same mm-hmm. level. What they're doing. Exactly. Right? It's a mistake to think that you that you won't learn anything from other people doing the same thing as you. you it's important to like take a look at and listen to what other people are doing. Yeah, it's also kind of cool, like. That guy, Eagle Wit, I told you about? Yeah. Podcast listeners, you should go check out Eagle Wit. 
Okay, he's a comedian. His name's Eagle Wit, like Eagle, like a bird, Eagle, okay. and then Wit with two T's. Is that his I real think? name or his stage name? I think that's his real name. That's that's. A I'm good, not sure. That's a catchy name. It's a great name either way. If you thought of it, props to you, Eagle. That's good, man. <laughs> good shit. That's a good shit. He's really funny though. Also, go to DaveNamory.com. <laughs> DaveNamory.com, the primary source for all Dave Namory related news and content. DaveNamory.com. There's some great blog posts on there. I really like your C- Louis C.K. essay. Well, I was really very good. traumatized after seeing Louis C.K., so I did have to write about it. And I hope that people check it out at DaveNamory.com. That's DaveNamory.com. Built by Wix. Have you ever wanted to build a website, but you don't know how? Just go to Wix.com. Dave, newsflash. <laughs> Wix is not sponsoring this podcast. Not yet. <laughs> That's not how things work. This is my tryout. I'm going to send it over to him. Tell me what you think. That's not a bad idea. Plug it and then monetize it after. I don't yeah. think that's how it works. That, but okay. I know. I'll just send them a bill. That's so sweet, though. That's that. That's your care. That shows your character. You like promote things. Before. I do like Wix. They did do a good job. Aw, that's cute. As a company, Eagle Wit though is the real deal. Check him out. There were some other good comics on it. There's this guy Martin, and I forget his last name, but he was also so good. He did yeah. this bit. He did this bit. It's like a magic trick. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. What I mean, do I don't want to like spoil it. Trick? I don't want to spoil it because you got to see it. He's oh, doing. Really? He's like, guys, I've been reading a little bit about doing magic tricks, and then he like does this card trick. Oh my god! But it's a callback bit. You just gotta like. I don't want to spoil it. I don't even know the guy's but name. But what was like Martin. the formula of the joke? It was like he did this thing, and then he kind of went like. He just cut it off. Abruptly mm-hmm. went into new bits and then brought it back. In a or in a like brilliant way, in a brilliant way, he call he did the callback and it didn't even it got huge laughs. It should have got a standing ovation. That's how good oh that joke God. was. That's and awesome. it wasn't even the closer. It should have got a standing ovation. Wow. That's how good it was. People should have stood up and clapped. Wow. That's how good that joke was. This is so great. I can see how inspired you are in your it's eyes. Cool. It's it really cool. cool. What else inspires you? Um, or has inspired Oh, it wasn't Rachel, so it was an intruder. Someone's trying to oh break God. into the house. Good thing the front should door is unlocked. Should we check? No, it's been long should enough. I, they would I have lock? broken in by now. Should I lock it? No, leave it. We need to have the danger present. <laughs> it'll it'll keep us you know, I don't, fresh and I don't agree with loose. this idea. Well, think about Look, there's a knife right behind you. And it's sharp. All right. Okay, fine. Are you uncomfortable now? Yeah, a little, because that was like, sounded like it was the front door. You're going to have to protect us. Why? I don't like stabbing people. I get really squeamish. Even if they were trying to hurt me? Well, that's a tricky question for me to answer right now. Are you trying to trap me? Is that what you're trying to do? You're trying to do a trap question. You're trying to get me in trouble with my (laughs) listeners? This is what you do? Oh, Oh, so this is how you manipulate situations. You see what I just did? You're doing it in such an obvious way. You see what I just did? It's so obvious. I saw it right away. Now identified you to... it. Identified it. Pointed it out. It's over. You just lost power. You just lost power like it's a, a rainstorm. A severe You just admitted rainstorm. to your listeners that you wouldn't protect your woman. That's I didn't I did nothing of the sort. But you just proved to my listeners that I have a manipulative girlfriend. That's what you did. Yeah. <laughs> She's hitting me now. She's beating me. She's beating me. Oh my God! See, she's abusive. 
I might manipulate her, but she abuses me physically. It's messed up. Oh my god. He is... You are so... You don't even know what to say right now. No, I'm speechless. Because you were just caught red-handed. I just... I'm just imagining the, uh, you know, intruders coming in and me having to defend myself. Five foot two. What if... Look, I can't believe is... you're still hung up on this. Okay, okay. All right, let's move it. on then. Let's move no, on. No, let's not move on because you like that. <laughs> <laughs> you like that if we move on, wouldn't you? Now you're, you think you're calling the shots? <laughs> oh, God. Sorry. It's story time with Nicole you know, featuring I, Dave. You know, you got some nerve. You know, you know what I see? You got some nerve. You know, I'll anticipate you right now, what yeah. you're doing. Tell you me what You want to move on from the subject, move. but you're, you don't want to agree with me. So you're just saying that you're not going to... that. We're not going to move on from the subject, but you want to. Oh, so now you're pointing out my manipulation, which is totally <laughs> my thing. So now you're stealing my thing, too. <laughs> I can't even believe how unethical you are. Listeners, I just want to tell you that Dave has been saying that um, I, uh, sarcasm is his thing. And so when Why'd I've been sarcastic... Why'd you say it like that? Why'd you say sarcasm? Why didn't you say sarcasm? Sarcasm. Continue. Sarcasm is his thing. And he, and yes. he kind of knocks... It when I am sarcastic because I think he thinks he's better at sarcasm. I just think me. you can be better. I'm trying to challenge you to be the most sarcastic version of yourself. <laughs> do you like when I'm sarcastic, or do you yeah. really feel like it's your thing? No, I like when you're sarcastic. Okay. But then sometimes I'm like, oh my god, what it's like? What you. have I done? It's like yeah, a I'm like I created a monster. I tell that to you all the time. <laughs> I know I created a you're monster. A monster, and I created. You also. This is the most like egotist thing that you that you said before, but no, no, actually, maybe not. I said a lot of egotistical things. Okay, you said to me something like, "When I first met you, you weren't this funny," which actually is nice because I've grown. You, yeah, yeah, like in conversation. Oh yeah, yeah, because I'm way more funny in conversation. Well, was that egotistical that I said that? Actually, that was just. I I think that's just true. I just think no, no. I I thought that. I'm assuming that you meant because it's because you've made me funnier, but you have made me funnier. And yeah, I don't know. I mean, it could be. Yeah, I, I mean, think it's a combination of things. I think you're just funnier. More than life you used experience. To be. That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you've been doing comedy. You don't think I it had anything right. to do with that? No, you're right. For four years. You're right. You know? Come I on. have been. Yeah. I keep telling people it's three years because I don't want it to seem like no, you gotta it's tell them four, four years. years. You got to be real. Because I, I don't think I'm like where I should be at four years. Doesn't but. matter. It doesn't matter. You gotta tell him. You gotta tell I'm like, oh truth. yeah, it's three years. I think I said yeah. that to like the same like the person who asked me how long. I I think they asked me a couple times, and I keep saying three years throughout. Like, why don't you just say you just started last week all the time for the rest of your life? <laughs> then people will always be like, oh my god, you started a week ago. <laughs> Amazing. You yeah, have punchlines, and you started a week. But ago? here's how that bar. That, yeah, I can't talk. Here's how that backfires, though. Then people don't think you're serious if you just started a week ago. So they'll just be like, oh, you're just naturally funny, which isn't as interesting as you've been working on something for the past couple of years. Nice. <laughs> we just slapped hands. Yeah, we, we did, I gave I her a high him. five. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't... I'll be yelling. If she's hitting me, I'll be yelling about how she's abusive. <laughs> and then if you hear a slap otherwise, then it's probably a high five. Exactly. So what what other people motivate you? Do you listen to like motivational speeches? 
Oh, so see, look, let's not be phonies here. Let's not be phonies. <laughs> I'm this doing the late TV. night talk show, eh? <laughs> She's trying to lead me in a direct. We discussed before. I said, let's talk about motivational speakers. I want to talk about that. And then you think you're being slick. Like, I slip it just, in like, oh, Kimmel. yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah. So we're talking about being motivated. What motivates you, Dave? And then you're trying to, <laughs> why you, we need to be honest with my audience, okay? Okay. They appreciate honesty. I was, I it was just trying to be slick. It's because you work in TV. And so the, you're, you're, uh, what, what, you're programmed. You're programmed like a television. <laughs> That's what you are. I you're know. programmed like, yeah. Excuse me. I'm sorry for trying to ask leading questions. I feel like you didn't really mean that. Your apology. That was like an insincere apology. It wasn't. You don't apologize to me. You apologize to them. You know. I'm sorry. I don't care. I don't care. But clearly, I'm, sorry, they're, I'm sure they're perturbed by your behavior. Perturbed. You yeah. sound like Peter Clark Dirch. Dirch. <laughs> oh my god. Wait. What do you think? Um. What does perturbed mean? I, what do you think? I it don't means? know, Peter. I think it what does means, it mean, Peter? I think it means bothered. Yeah, I think it means bothered. Let's see what Bo- it means. Or frustrated. I just looked it up. Feeling anxiety or concerned. Right. Unsettled. Unsettled. That's good. I like the word unsettled. And maybe I'll use that more instead of perturbed because people will understand it better. Exactly. The, well, two drink minimum will understand it better <clears throat> if you say perturbed. You're right. They'll probably appreciate it more. <laughs> Those bozos. Yeah, there's there's two bozos in Westchester. You guys got to listen to the, they, the they Beef know. Podcast. They know they all know? about okay, them. Okay. Well, yeah, you should listen to the Beef Podcast. Listen that to was them. a good podcast. Listen to them if have you want. Have I not want... been putting out fire podcasts lately, like the past week or so, past week or two? <laughs> These have been, been good You've podcasts. been killing it. You have been killing it. Thank you. And I agree. I couldn't agree more. Actually, I was so like hot and bothered by one of your recent ones it was the aoc one you you like, aoc gets you going no no no. i mean yeah the way you were reading that and you were like it was just so funny and smart well, like i'm not even trying to be funny right now i'm just like you're saying just flattering it's great. you're it's flattering great. okay all right but that's not very funny okay then it's never just mind. flattering you know <laughs> but i but thank you but maybe no that's problem. something to tell me off the podcast. Off the podcast. Okay. Be like, I got something to tell you, but it's for after the podcast. Okay, all right. Then you can insinuate what kind of thing it'll be okay. that you're going to tell me. Okay. All right. I really want to add a visual element to this podcast. Mm-hmm. I think it would be really fun. Yeah. Yeah, I need that. Yeah. I need that shit. Maybe we'll get that set up right studio. after this. Right when we finish this. I'll go find my dad's camera. Okay. We'll get that set okay. up. Perfect. That would be pretty cool. Perfect. Gotta get on YouTube. I know. It's the only Gotta way. Get on Gotta get on YouTube. Gotta get more eyes. Gotta People get that want boom, boom, to boom. be visually stimulated. Yeah. They do. It's also like different. People will listen to the podcast in the car, but YouTube, they might just be bored at home. Right. You want to get them when they're bored at home. Yeah. But most people, when they're bored at home, they want to look at something. They don't exactly. want to just lay on the couch with earbuds and listening to a know. podcast, which I do sometimes, but I don't even really do that very often. Mm-hmm. But I was doing that earlier, actually. Yeah. Listening to Hot Breath Podcast. What is that? I just plug people's stuff. You're the I'm best. I'm so nice. You're the best. So, this you know, is... it doesn't make you so nice when you say, I'm so nice for plugging this podcast. You have to just plug it without, like, Well, I can't point yourself. out. How it would be better you? if you didn't come. <laughs> you, I have you on my podcast. <laughs> okay, let's get let's go through this. I I have you on my podcast. Number one, number two, I make you the co-host rather than the guest, and then number three, you criticize me on my podcast, and you did this last time, and it's honestly unbelievable. 
It's like you do something for someone. I hear I have this, I have this thing. I have this podcast. Why don't you come be a part of it with me? And then you sit there <laughs> across from me while we record and you criticize me. I'm this trying like, to make your podcast better. This is, oh my God, this is untenable. This is untenable. That's another word that, that I need Peter? to look up. I have to look up what that means. But I think that's what I mean right now. It's untenable. Not able to be maintained or defended against attack or objection. So maybe that kind of worked. Mm, I think you used that wrong, right? I think I probably used it wrong, but I think it makes enough sense. Just agree with me. Yeah. You're making me feel unsettled. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Very unsettling. And unethical. Sorry. <laughs> you know what was unethical? I used the word unethical on stage recently. Which is my word. It is your word. Yeah. Because you're claiming words now. Rights to words. Yes. Dave is starting to, um, what's that called? Copyright words in the in English dictionary. Yeah. So people better, before they use certain words, they should probably check in with Dave on uh, copyright. If, yeah. If you say unethical <laughs> on stage once, that probably is okay. But if you say it twice or more on stage, like you're, you're getting, you're getting served. I will serve like you lashes? a lawsuit. No, no, no. Oh, a lawsuit. Okay. I'm saying it, that someone will deliver to you. Is that how you're going to monetize this podcast? Yeah, through suing people for saying (laughs) the word unethical. This is the way, this is a very unique way to monetize the podcast. I'm trying to be different. You know, that's not a bad idea. Some people use, you know, certain drugs or CBD oil or promoting Wix to monetize their podcast, but you just copyright words and sue people. And then sue people. That's just how I monetize my life, not even the podcast. That's just how I make money. That's actually not a bad idea. Yeah, maybe I should start like, coming up with words, new words, and then have it catch on, and then have and then ha- if other people use that word, they have to pay you residuals to use them. Yeah, this is a great idea. <laughs> anyway, this podcast is called Hot Breath Podcast, the one that I'm being nice and plugging. Because it's a very good podcast. Okay. What was I even saying? I was listening to it today, just walking around the house. Why is it good? I was listening to Ian Bag, right? Who's a who's a really he's a crowd work comedian. He's very good, seasoned. You know what I noticed? Really good. The comics that you've just mentioned that are really good have like one syllables in their last one syllable in their last name. You should change your name probably. To be a <clears throat> I don't know because the other guy, there's a different one, is J.J. Williamson. Willie oh, and he's a good comic? I guess, if okay. he is on this podcast. Most of the people on this podcast are good comics. Okay. Mark Norman. There's two episodes oh, in a row with Mark okay. Norman. So, okay, Joe List. Just, there's okay. an episode with Joe List. I'm wrong. There's an episode with Jeremiah Watkins. That sounds like a good podcast. What do they talk about? Andrew Schultz. Oh, cool. Love Schultz. They talk about comedy, straight comedy. It's straight comedy. It's yeah. for comedians. I mean, and people interested mm-hmm. in comedy, but it's for comedians. So it's pretty cool. It's, it's cool. pretty useful. Who would you say your audience is for this podcast? I have no idea. Other comedians? I know a few people that listen to it, and it's comedians and my friends. Comedians and your Okay. Yeah, but I think mine's like, I tried to, I, I, I didn't want to make it just a comedy podcast for comedians. 
You do or you don't? I didn't. Okay. When I started it. What did you want it for? Stories, but then eventually all different stuff. Mm-hmm. I just want it to be like where I talk about things that I'm thinking about that I don't really talk about on stage. Mm-hmm. And then naturally, it's, it's you know, mostly you talk about comedy in your rants. So that's... Yeah, it usually, uh, it usually goes back to comedy. Like, comedy is yeah. always there, but yeah. it's like... Mm-hmm. But it's not, I mean, and some of the episodes are comedy, like deeper comedy stuff. Mm-hmm. Some of them are because mm-hmm. that's the thing that I do. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, some of them are like philosophy, mm-hmm. history, I could rants see you about being a philosophy Cortez. Yeah, that would be cool being a teacher. Yeah. I would, I would fuck with that, honestly. Yeah. I'm, not I'm, not saying that's, that. I'm not saying that's what I know. you should be. No, but I'm I know. saying I could see it you would be being cool. That. It would be cool. Yeah. I think I would be able to do that and not hate it. I think so. As a job. I think so. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now we're talking about motivational videos, right? That's what we're going to talk about. <laughs> I love how you were like, before you were knocking me for bringing that up and now you're bringing it up. Okay, go ahead. No, I was knocking the way in which you brought it up. <laughs> trying to be slick. This was way more organic. Like a salesperson. The person. way you brought it up. Okay. I just said, okay, we're talking about motivational Okay, let's, let's do it. Which we decided before we began the podcast, though we did not discuss it. Very briefly, we discussed it. Yeah, so this is organic. Yeah. It's back and forth. It's organic. It's certified FDA organic. No pesticides. (laughs) (laughs) I was watching this motivational video last night. This is what got me thinking about it. And I'm going to find the note way quicker this time. See? Found it. Good. So this guy was like talking about... Being in a dark place. Mm-hmm. Seems like lots of motivational speakers, they use that formula when they tell their story. They're like, they'll do a brief background of their history. Like, uh, I did this and like my parents were like this. And then they go, a series of events happened and I was drinking a lot or yeah. I was using drugs or I was really poor and things were bad. And then I use that as a motivating factor mm-hmm. to climb out of it. And then it's like a gradual rise to where they are. Yeah. So it's like, a, it's just like an upward line that starts mm-hmm. from a low point. Mm-hmm. Which is, uh, you know, that's like an uplifting story. That's what that is. Yeah. That's an uplifting story. Do you story. think that people need to hit rock bottom in order to be fueled for success? No, 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 no. Definitely not. No? It's just like way... Well, if you're rock bottom, then you're like, well, fuck it. I might as well. I just feel mm-hmm. like that might motivate someone more. But because if you have, you don't I, have to hit rock bottom. I don't think you. I don't think it's well, a necessary. It but... also depends what rock bottom is. Like people can have different rock bottom. True. For some people, True. rock bottom is being homeless. True. For us, I don't think our rock bottom would be homeless. You know, like we have yeah. a different rock bottom. It would look different. Yeah. But it's just a point of like extreme emotional distress. Exactly. Over a period of time. That's a good point. Extreme emotional distress because. You don't have to hit like the lowest of low of yeah. like being out of a home in order to be fueled. You can just yeah. be like, oh, I'm not hitting my marks of like my goals and then like realize it internally and then just make a change. Yeah. And you know, being at rock bottom also doesn't have to be emotionally distressful. I just realized because like you could have nothing, but still have a good attitude about it mm-hmm. and just be like, well, okay, yeah, this will be cool. If I make it from here, this would be cool. Yeah. You can kind of have that thought in your head. Like, well, I have nothing right now. And uh, if I made something out of this, that would be pretty cool. 
right. and then you can enjoy it as you go. If you hear that ambient sound in the background, that's the air conditioning. Oh, that's probably loud. I know, but what, you, you want to turn what? off the air conditioning? Well, it's probably messing with the audio, isn't it? I doubt it's really picking it okay. up. Maybe slightly. Okay. But you know what? Deal with it, listeners. I'm sorry. You know I love you, but sometimes you got to deal. Sometimes in life, there are going to be obstacles. Such as listening to a podcast and then all of a sudden in the background there's a little light ambient noise. And you're going to have to find a way to deal with those challenges and overcome those obstacles. You know, if you were really a good person, you'd disable the AC um, and sacrifice just like feeling okay. a little warm for your listeners. I'm going to turn off the AC. You talk to them. Really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, well... He's going to turn off the AC because I think it is going to be an audio issue. Um, and now he's coming back. So, okay. Wow, you were really good while I was gone. <laughs> I was over there. Oh, God. I was like, she's doing such a good job. <laughs> I was put on the spot. I didn't know what to say. Okay. So, okay. You don't, have to, you don't have to hit rock bottom. Okay, that's good. Because I was, I was thinking about that lately. Like... I'm, you know, I live in a nice place, comfortable surroundings. I have a good life. I could afford my food. And, you know, I just realized, like, it, it would be a lot easier to push myself if I had to push myself. But I know I could still push myself even if I'm comfortable. It's just a lot harder. You might also be wrong about that. Like, yeah. it might not be easier to push yourself if things were worse. It might be True, harder to push you yourself. you have more to worry about. I'm just saying, like, like that's a story for a lot of people that they're like, well, when things were bad, I got more motivated. Mm -hmm. But those are just the people you hear about. True. Because then they True. made it work. A lot of people are probably like, they get into that low point and they're like, there's no point in trying. I'm never going to do it. Right. That's probably right. most people who get to a low point. Right. Right. And then also, you don't want to rely upon being in a low point to derive your motivation because... Then once you're successful, you wouldn't you would have, no longer oh, have right. a source of that's motivation. That's a good point. It's the so mentality. You might as well figure it out now. You're you're right about something that. Something that's like that's that 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 will last a long time. That's actually a really good point. Or you could figure it out later when you are successful. But it would probably help to have many years of like training with a motivational technique mm -hmm. that you can use when you're successful too. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. I mean, if if it were true that people are only motivated when they hit rock bottom, they wouldn't be able to maintain the success that they do. And there's ton, there's so many people that a lot of people just fade success. out. A lot of people fade out. Yeah. Oh, is, I, I don't no, know. No, I was what saying they maintain. But, right. But, you know, but yeah, I'm not the opposite. Oh, okay, like people, okay. and then they become successful, and then like you never hear about. Yeah, it and anymore. those are the types that probably are only motivated with. with yeah, by, it probably know, wasn't by rock bottom. Yeah, situation. could be. Yeah. So I was listening to this guy's motivational video, and he was like saying all these things when he's like he was saying when you hit rock bottom then you're you're gonna make a decision he was like you're gonna make a decision he said so many things in a row after saying that so i wrote down some of the things that he said okay, can we hear but he it? was like you are gonna be disciplined and you are gonna work hard and you are gonna devote yourself and you're gonna take extreme accountability and you're gonna hold yourself to the highest standard and when i was listening i was like that's way too much dude i was like what do you mean? i'm gonna do all of that tomorrow you know, like it, I didn't leave me feeling motivated. Do you remember when I, the, the listeners might remember because I talked about it, but I've talked to you about it, that like confronting 
how much of an asshole you are. Oh Not God. you personally, no, but I know. just us like as individuals. I was such an asshole. I mean, I still yeah. am. Well, if yeah. you look at all the things at once, everything that makes you an asshole, you're just going to be like, that's too much. It's so overwhelming. You have to look at one thing. And then it's I'm, I'm applying the same principle here because the guy's like, you're gonna do this and 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 then you're gonna be successful and then to me well when i was listening and maybe other people have a similar um reaction but when i was listening i was like i'm not gonna do that i was like give me one thing you know right and maybe i've probably been guilty of this too on my podcast Mm -hmm. and i'm realizing now that it's like it's way more practical to just give someone like a thing or two or three even, but just something to get momentum rolling. Because someone's not going to be like, okay, starting right now, I'm going to take extreme accountability for the rest of my life. That mm-hmm. might last like a few days. Right. But if you ask someone to like do something a little simpler mm-hmm. and more straightforward, because mm-hmm. like what does that even mean, taking extreme accountability? What does it mean? I know. No, that it's not really specific. Like I, don't I know get what, what that... it means, but then what what does it mean in practice? Like you have how to, do you yeah. apply that exactly? It's like kind of vague. And then he's saying like you're gonna be disciplined. Yeah. And that's a little more straightforward, but like in what context? And he, this guy's a YouTube creator. Mm-hmm. I forget his name, but and I like most of his videos. But I was like, well, what does being disciplined mean for you? Why don't you tell people how to structure yeah. it? Like, you'll spend an hour each day devoted to, like, structuring Mm -hmm. different content that you'll make. Mm -hmm. And you'll make content Mm -hmm. plans, for example, for an hour a day. Mm This will be your discipline. Then you'll execute on the content because once you've um, laid it out. This is just, I'm making an example because I don't even really do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I do that sometimes. But just be more practical about, like, less vague, more practical Totally. Hold yourself to the highest standard. Like, again, this is vague. Like, Mm -hmm. if you tell someone to hold themselves to the highest standard, like, they're going to be like, okay. Yeah. So what do I do then? Right. I mean, extreme, yeah, extreme accountability, Mm -hmm. that's such a generic statement. And that's like something that I have, I take issue with like motivational speakers in general that are like the ones that are super big like tim robbins or what's his name tony Tony robbins Robbins. tim robbins is an actor yeah so he says a lot of things like go after it like always remember that people have it worse like really really generic statements but he's pretty good i'll say no he's good pretty good but there's i know there's so generic there's worse versions of him yeah and they're always doing those things i know and it's like so like there's statements that like yeah they they're really effective if they're broken down and there's examples and they're like, you have like anecdotes to explain it. Like, yeah. So, and extreme accountability is like, what, I don't know. What do you, what do you think? Well, it's like a Jocko thing. Yeah. You know, Jocko. Yeah. Jocko Willing. Jocko Willing. Yeah. Okay. So if the podcaster fan, um, if the podcast family doesn't know, they should check him out. He's a former Navy SEAL. Mm-hmm. He's not for everyone, right. definitely. But I think he's pretty cool. And he's very serious. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to teach them about communism. But Jocko, when he reads passages from the Gulag Archipelago, it's, like, scary. Because he's, like, very intense, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. I probably couldn't do that. But it's, like, not my vibe. Yeah. Jocko's that's not like, your brand. Yeah, former Navy SEAL. When he talks about taking extreme accountability, and then he's giving examples... 
with him, he's being practical, but not that practical because he's giving examples from wartime when he was a Navy SEAL. That's right. what I've heard a lot of his right. stories, which are really cool and really interesting. But then, like, how does, you know, like, so he's saying, well, I made, a, a, like, a, an error in my judgment on the battlefield and it resulted in, like, two of my guys dying or something right. like that. I forget what the story mm-hmm. is exactly. But then, like, how does someone... It's a good example, but then if someone's like, oh, I'm not in a war. Yeah, so it doesn't mean never, anything to them. Yeah, they're just like working at a grocery store. Like, exactly. what does it mean to them, the exactly. extreme accountability? So, I don't know. It's like, people could take yeah. that in a lot of ways. Yeah. It's just, I like more practical, motivational people who are like, right. here's something you could do today. Right. And it's just a and good like idea. like an action plan. It's like James Altucher with yeah. the 10 ideas a day. Oh, I like that. The, yeah. The action plans. Just something to do. Plans. Like that. Yeah. I, I like the 10 ideas a day. Um, I've been doing that here and there. And, and I like what James Altucher says about writing 10 bad ideas. Mm-hmm. Because it gives you uh, an excuse to fail and take risks with your ideas. Yeah. Because I, I tend to like, if I write something down, it's, it's weird, like... If I write ideas down for, like, if I'm, like, coming up with play ideas or, like, song ideas um, or joke ideas, it's, like, I I tend to, like, not write down something unless I'm, like, 110% going to write that song or joke. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, then I'm extremely limited to, like, what I write about because I just overthink. But if I, like, write 10 bad ideas... And I'm giving myself an excuse to fail. And then mm-hmm. sometimes they turn into good ideas because I gave myself leniency with what I'm writing down. Like, I'm just, like, not even thinking about it. I'm, like, I'm just going to, like, word vomit on this page. And then I find a gem out of the word vomit. And, yeah, I think that we need to, like, not overthink about ideas we have and, like, get rid of ideas before we give them a chance. Yeah, I agree with that. I I will say that when I'm writing jokes, if I'm a few sentences in and it's just not good, then I'll just I'll just scrap mm-hmm. it. Like I'll just delete it. I don't even keep it in the graveyard mm-hmm. really. But that's only like now because I have a better filter mm-hmm. for what's gonna actually be funny. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm writing something and I'm like, this is hacky, then I just delete it. It's really only if it's hacky, though. Right. Sometimes it'll be bad and I'll still write it. But if it's hacky, I won't do it. Because mm-hmm. I don't like that. Everyone always... I don't know if you've, I've even talked about this on the podcast, but everyone gets mad about like joke stealers, joke thieves. Mm-hmm. And I don't even care about someone stealing jokes. Like, So if somebody took your premise... Okay. It would depend would on the do? premise. It would mm-hmm. depend on the premise. There are generic premises that you can't get mad if someone makes a True. joke about that. Like yeah. I have a joke about how I don't like dogs. Right. I'm certain that there are other comedians who have a joke that's based on the premise that they don't like dogs. Yeah. Everyone likes dogs. I don't like them. There's obviously other comics who don't like dogs who talk about it on stage because you like, that's, that's a, that's kind of a low hanging fruit yeah. type of thing. I think that, that, the bit that I ended up making out of that is is more unique. I've not heard anyone go there before, mm-hmm. but I'm there's definitely a possibility that someone's written a similar mm-hmm. joke. 
I think it's not likely, but I think it's possible. But the idea that someone, someone, the the likelihood that someone else has just a joke about how they don't like dogs, a hundred percent. Right. There's right. lots of other comics who have jokes about exactly, that. Exactly. Because so the nature wanna, of that yeah. idea is like yeah. so like common. Like every like so many people have dogs, so, so that, that experience is shared. Exactly. It's super relatable. Mm-hmm. So if someone, if I was on a show with someone and they went before me and they did their dog joke about how they don't like dogs. But the joke's different than mine. I'm just not going to do it on that show. Yeah. But I'll keep the joke. True. But if I ever saw someone do a joke, and there would be two different scenarios. The first scenario would be that they do the joke. It's really similar to mine, but I know that they've never heard mine. Mm-hmm. In which case, I would just get rid of my joke. Mm-hmm. It's like I, Even if I thought of it first, I'm not going to go up to them and be like, what's the date that you wrote that joke? Oh, it was it was January. Well, I wrote mine back in October, so you have to stop doing it. Like I'm like, whatever, man. Yeah. You take the joke then. Plus, if they if someone else thinks of the joke, I'm like, then it's not that me. Like it's not that personal to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I want. You have a good attitude about that. I like. Yeah, I like your policy on that. And then if it's someone telling the same joke, not the same premise, but the same joke verbatim. Right. And they've heard it before. Yep. Then I would obviously approach that person about it. Yeah. But if they continue to do it, I'd be like, fine, have it. I don't care. Right. Like, it's yours then. Unless it's, like, one of my best jokes, in which yeah. case I'd, like... A crier. I'd then get, it's, like, fun. Yeah, i yeah. gather, like, angry comments with pitchforks and torches to, like, <laughs> you know, confront this person. Like, yo, don't book this guy. Right? But that's, like, only an extreme case. If someone stole my joke verbatim, I confront them about it. Yeah. I need the joke. It's one of my really good jokes. Which there's only like five of those that right. I'd feel this way about. But if it was one of those five or seven jokes, then I'd, I'd probably... Then I would understand the anger that people have towards joke thieves. But otherwise, I'm like, okay, I'll just think of new jokes. Like, I think yeah, of jokes exactly. all the time. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. People, people get too hung up on it, I think. Yeah, I think if that's like a big chunk of what you're thinking about in general, like I, like I hear a lot of comics talking about joke stealing and they like harp on it. And it's like, dude, just do your act. Like, just write your shit. Like, why are you like interested in gossiping about this? It's just, it I, becomes like a drama. It's understandable. Yeah. But once you start breaking it down, there are certain aspects which where it becomes not understandable anymore like we just said about if it's if it's a if it's a semi-generic premise and then you're getting mad at someone for quote-unquote stealing your joke they didn't steal your joke this is parallel thought and if you really get mad at someone and you want to start calling them a joke thief because of parallel thought then that's messed up Mm -hmm. you shouldn't do that you should just someone take it and if you think you're the better comic then let them have it True. Like, because you'll think, I always have the perspective that, like, all my best jokes in my life, I haven't written them yet. I hope not. I know. If I've already written my best jokes, I'd be very upset with that. That's, I know. And I have some good ones, but I want to have hours worth of only really good jokes. So in order for that to be true, then all of my best jokes have not been written yet. Except for, like, a couple, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. So... Exactly. I wouldn't get that mad if someone. You no, know. that's so true. Like, and that's that's a great way to think about anything. It's like if somebody takes an idea, it's like you can create more. You you have the mentality that came comes up with amazing ideas, at, at you know right now. So it's like, why can't you think of more? It's not like there are only five ideas for jokes ever. You know, there's like 
limitless ideas. Me and Jimmy were talking last night because uh, he gave me he gave me a ride to the city to go to the West Side mm-hmm. show, and we were talking about. <clears throat> okay, so this is amazing. I find this amazing. Like first draft comics, that's what I'm going to call them. That's the mm-hmm. the or first draft joke comics, that they will write a joke, and the first draft of the joke is. They'll it's just the tell joke. that. Yeah. What I find amazing about that is that the amount of time devoted to comedy is obviously very high. If you're serious about comedy, you're putting many hours into comedy. Especially when you consider that if you go to an open mic, you're probably going to be there for an hour at least. Yeah. Could be more. Conceivably, you could be there quick. But if you're there quick, it's because you're going to other open mics. Right. And so you're probably going to be spending two to three hours every night between travel mm-hmm. and hanging out at the mic or mics every night. Hopefully, if you're, you should be doing it every mm-hmm. night. So, it's cool though because, well, actually, okay. So you consider that, and you're putting all of this time into comedy, mm-hmm. hours and hours and hours, and then they'll, they'll put twenty minutes into a joke, and then that's in their show, like that's in their right, act. Right. But they put twenty minutes into the joke. That's amazing. Like you'll put in hundreds of hours into comedy. And then you'll put 20 minutes into your joke. That's like your opening it's joke. That's so true. Yeah. For your it's, it doesn't make sense. And if you put in two hours to the joke, it would obviously be better. There's no way it wouldn't be better. Right. And, and it's not even asking a lot. Big picture. It's like, just don't go to Mike's for one night and take one of your show jokes and work on it and sit with it for an hour and a half yep. or something. It's like Why people don't even do that. They're looking at their jokes as, yeah, they're looking at the first draft as their last draft and they don't even think of the idea of edit. They get too connected to it emotionally. Yeah. And they're I, not willing to look at it critically. And there are things that, like, me and you used to talk, like, we used to discuss how when we would say our jokes so many times, it, like, we associated how we said it with just how it will always exist. Like, that, that's the joke. Like, you know, the way we said it that way. And then when, then we started to think outside the box. Like, but what if we rearrange the joke and the perspective? Like, I used to say, like, a lot of the jokes I wrote were so bad because, and I didn't even think to why they were so bad, but I just realized recently. Because a lot of the stories I used to tell was not from my perspective. It was like, oh, my mom said this or my, my sister said this. And it wasn't. Right. It was like their story, but I didn't make it like my story. It was their perspective, and it was like there was, I had no relation to it. So you can just rewrite the joke from your own perspective. Exactly, and that's Perfect what I was example. like. Oh, I don't have to. Once you told me that, like, like suggested, like the jokes don't have to be true. They could yeah. be a little bit of a fib or completely a fib. I mean, I don't like to do that often, but I will if it makes it more effective. It's probably best to just embellish. You take something that's true, true and, and you embellish. just make it funnier yeah. Yeah. by adding certain details. Or you take three characters and you turn them into one character. Mm-hmm. That's the most common way. Well, that's what films do. I mean, they take exactly. like... That's what books do. True, Right, exactly. They take like a true story and they just make it a lot more simple. Yeah. Exactly. Because that's people digest that much easier if they're able to f- figure out what you're saying through one character or two. The less, the better. Yeah. And then people will... 
But these comics, they end up doing the same act the same way every time. Yeah. For years. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. And that I would get sick of. I've realized that I don't get sick of telling the same joke over and over again as long as I'm making little tweaks to it constantly. Mm -hmm. So even if it's just a longer pause before a punchline, maybe I pause for a half second longer. Mm -hmm. That makes a big difference. I realized last night that young comedians and unseasoned comedians, they speed through their jokes. They go fast. Mm. I realized that last night because even the good ones who were young, they were... Speaking too fast? They were going pretty quick. And then I also realized that because of that Louie video that I sent you the other night, mm -hmm. it's like Louie when he's 25 years old and he's just like not... He's all right. Mm -hmm. He's pretty good. He's not Louie yet. Right. He was very young. But if you... Then I started watching. I was just binging Louie. Newer Louie. Mm -hmm. And it's like... That's one of the things that I noticed. That he just slowed down. Yeah. But part of the reason you, you can slow down is because you're in these big rooms where everyone is completely focused on what you're saying and they're completely silent. So if you're in a bar, you might feel like you have to speed... To keep people's attention. Right, right. But if people are paying to see you or see you speak. Then they're very quiet. And they're quiet. Then you can. And very focused. You can take a breath. And you should focus on, on taking breaths. Then you can slow down. And what I mean time. by taking breaths is making like a deliberate pause for effect. And this is like, you see this in like films, like this is like an, uh, you know, when you have like a lot of audio elements to it, like as a sound effects or music in a film. Um, you'll notice that like somebody will say something and then there'll be like um, a, a beat that drops, like a sting out. And that'll be right in that pause. A and that's, A sting out is like, it's usually like the... Do you think the audience is just going to know what a sting out is? <laughs> a sting out is like right at the end, usually at the end of um, a music piece. It like builds up to this like big drum or big beat um, it's, it's like usually the most, has the most volume or just like kind of relieve the tension is relieved. So it's like, you know, usually you'll hear like, for example, like a drum beat getting quicker and faster and then it'll just like one last thump and then you'll just hear like a psh, and then it sort of like fades and then usually the sting out is like right after someone says something really effective or they want you to I feel something. I see what you're saying now. I see what you're so saying. So comics being like that they play with pause as well but there's no real audio element or a sound effect element to to really make that punch hard so we have to rely on ourselves to to um in how we say it to make that pause yeah and that usually that just means like pausing a few seconds making a facial movement or something that you want the audience to say what i just said is the last thing I'm gonna say and the most effective thing I'm gonna yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, you gotta like let them know it's the punchline. Exactly. And you also have to wait for them to catch up with everything you've been saying. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. It's also important. Mm hmm. It's such a cool art, like, because you only have yourself to rely on for all of those things. And people who do it really well, they like really use pause so effectively. And they're so confident with it and. You just know how long someone's been doing comedy by how the rhythm of their stand-up set is. Yeah, you could tell a lot from that. 
Yeah, like like our friend Josh, like he I've noticed from the beginning his rhythm. Like he'll say like the setup slow, then it's like almost like a quick like quick um unveiling of his punchline and then a pause. It's like almost the same every joke, but like you know that's what you're getting with him and like you you just you're going to laugh because you just know like it's just his delivery is just so good. And I think mm-hmm. part of it is like he's got a rhythm down. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a, he's got a, him and Jimmy mm-hmm. have very professional rhythms. Exactly. There are even some people who have good rhythm, but they don't have good jokes yet, mm-hmm. but they will. Mm-hmm. You know? I know. I know what you mean. That's a good thing to have, though. Like, if you're starting out, well, it's like those things are equal to me. If you start out with good jokes, that's good. Even if you have bad delivery and bad timing, having the good jokes is good. Yeah. That's obviously. But if you have bad jokes to start, but you have good timing, that's fine. Like mm-hmm. you're probably about the same as someone who I has agree. good jokes and I no agree. timing. Like each of those things are going to take equally as long to I make agree. it good. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm four years in. I just realized like a few months ago that I talk over laughs. Oh, yeah. So I'm not pausing and waiting long enough. So uh-huh. my timing was bad. Right. Just realized that four years in, you know? So, but the writing was pretty good when I started. Yeah. Like, but I probably had bad timing for four years, for all the four years. The yeah. timing was okay. But I would just, I was like, it's like self-sabotage. Yeah, yeah. When, when you talk, when people are laughing. Totally. If, if people are laughing, it's because you just said something funny. Yep. People are laughing. They they think if you immediately say something else, they're like, oh, he's not done talking yet. Mm-hmm. So they shut up. Mm-hmm. They stop laughing. They're like, I bet this next part is funnier. And then if Why it's would not, you say something less funny if it, we're all exactly, laughing? Exactly. And, it, and if it's not as funny, then they don't trust you as much. Exactly. Like, then they're oh, like, wait, what? Wait, why'd just, you ruin exactly. it? You were just laughing. Everyone just wants to laugh when they go to see comedy, especially comics. Because they never laugh at other comics. Like, they're either too much in their own head or they have really high standards, which I understand. You know? Like, I I don't really laugh that much at open mics because I just don't find as many things funny as I used to. Yeah. Or I just have a little higher standard. But I love to laugh. If someone, like, actually has a really great joke. Yeah. I'm like, that's great. I'm having fun. I'm, like, glad that happened. I'm really glad that happened. So, yeah. so when you have that moment happening and everyone's laughing and then you cut it off, yeah, people get, maybe they get like bothered subconsciously because they're like, wait, I was having fun. And it's the stupidest thing you could do because all you'd had to do was take a beat. Yeah. And comedy is just, you go on stage and then make people laugh as much as possible like throughout your duration on the stage. Exactly. What you're doing on the stage is secondary. Mm-hmm. Like the act is secondary. The whole point is that you're just making people laugh. Like yeah. that's the result that you're looking for. So if people are laughing, even if you're like, oh, the next punchline's better though. Like if you say the initial punchline and you're like, but the tag's funnier, you should still just let them laugh. Yeah. Like just let them out, then do the tag. Totally. It's fine. Totally. Because then you're like, no, I wasn't even done with the thought. Check exactly. this out. Boom. Exactly. And then you hit him with some more. Exactly. You're really getting down your rhythm. We're getting there. Yeah. 
you know but that's fun to work on mm-hmm. on stage now that i'm thinking about it mm-hmm. and people are laughing and i have to wait i've talked about that before maybe on the podcast mm-hmm. but that's like the best part that's my favorite part of comedy mm-hmm. is when i have to wait for people to stop laughing at something i just said that's my favorite thing <laughs> there was one time that i had that recently because i don't like i don't often get like this huge swell of laughter because right. i'm just not there yet comedy wise but I, I got like a huge swell like a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. and I was so surprised by it. It was kind of funny. Like I just go, whoa, this is cool. And I yeah. said it out loud <laughs> That's funny. That's <laughs> and funny. I just started laughing with them because I was like, oh, because laughter is like contagious. And I was just like, <laughs> and I'm laughing at my own joke on stage. And I'm like, I am such an amateur. Holy shit. Well, I so don't, I, I like, you can like I don't I don't I think that's silly that people think that that's an amateur move laughing at your own Laugh, joke yeah. like this is when it's an amateur move. Some jokes rely upon you being in a certain state mm-hmm. to make the punchline more effective. Mm-hmm. I've definitely talked about this before, uh-huh. but I have um, certain jokes where when I deliver the punchline, I have to be surprised. I'm like, can you believe right. this? Yeah. This is unbelievable. And it's fake surprise. Right, right, right. But then if the tags that follow it require me to still be in a state of surprise totally. to make them funny, then I cannot laugh at Right, my exactly. I agree but with that. I agree. once I tell the last tag and the joke's over, yeah. I'll laugh if, if I'm having fun. If, it, if it's over. Of course. But that's the thing. Exactly. If, if, I, if I just delivered true. the final tag and the joke's over right, and everyone's right, cracking right. up, like... I, so true. I just said it's my favorite thing to do. So I'm having a lot of fun. So I will laugh, you know? So like, true. But it's just because I'm having a good time. And that's funny for the audience to see you ha- seeing the performer having a good time. Well, like, why else do comedy? No. I mean, I'm, I suppose there's other reasons, but, like, it doesn't seem like you could take it that far if you weren't having fun doing it. Exactly. But I think it's important to show you're having a good time because then you also feel... Like naturally better, so you're gonna you're gonna be more confident on stage. It mm-hmm. just like lends itself to like everything you're doing on stage, just being happier and excited and you're just more likable. Yeah, too. yeah, that's true. That's like the name of the game. Yeah, as we've learned, and you're naturally likable. Likable. You're very likable. Thank you. No that's problem. what I noticed about Eagle Wit last night. Yeah, he's so shout likeable. out Eagle Wit. <laughs> but he's just yeah he had he had a very like he had a very likable demeanor. As soon as he went on stage, I was like, I like that guy. You know? And there were other comics <laughs> that key. were like that. Yeah, and then there was there was one comic who he uh, I thought he he looked unlikable, which like there's you don't really have control over. It. <laughs> but no no, but he ended up being really good. Oh wow. Because he immediately became like likable mm-hmm. right off the bat as soon as the act started. Yep. So you got to do it one way or another. For yeah. some people, it's just going to be when they go on stage. Mm-hmm. I've told you about the eyebrows before. Yep. Here's some practical advice for people. Eyebrows, son. This is where a Use visual them. element will be good. But a lot of people have like neutral lower eyebrows. Yeah. Eric Full. He has a joke <laughs> about it. They're he like... has a joke about it. But yeah, you know, like... Well, it's like resting bitch face for, mm-hmm. for women. Mm-hmm. And dudes have that too where mm-hmm. they'll have a serious natural mm-hmm. face. Mm-hmm. But if you go on stage with a serious natural face, that's okay. 
but you'll have to work to become mm-hmm. likable. True. Whereas if you just have your eyebrows up and you're open and uh like have an inquisitive kind of yeah. like curious yeah you look. do that a lot yeah yeah then then people it like disarms the audience a little that's bit. true like, but there's there's two levels i was also talking to jimmy about this last night that you there's only two things you can do in terms of likability you can either be likable or very likable or you can be extremely unlikable but you can't be semi-unlikable Right. The only way to right. be unlikable is to be highly unlikable, which is Anthony Jeselnik. Right, right, Daniel right. Go Tosh. really hard the other way. Yeah, exactly. Commit like, to it. That's so ridiculous. You're an asshole. You're, like, you're a complete an, yeah. asshole. And you're highly unlikable. But that becomes super funny then. Yeah. But you can't just be neutral or like yeah. kind of unlikable. You don't want to do that. Yeah. You want to just be likable or just an asshole. Yeah. Like one or the other. Yep. That seems to be the only two options. Mm-hmm. You know? Because even someone who's like neutral, if they're being funny, then they become likable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if someone's kind of being an asshole, like you can't just kind of be an asshole. No, you you can't. gotta be a full then blown asshole. Then, then you buy it that they're an asshole. Yeah, then you then actually think they're an asshole. You buy it. Because if they're yeah. full blown asshole, you're like, there's no way they act like that for Yeah, like, I know. That would be, exactly. It would be untenable. <laughs> now you're using that correctly. I used correctly. it right. See, I learned and I used it right. Wow. Now. People just witnessed me learning. Isn't that amazing? This, ha- this happens once in a blue moon, once Dave learns. Blue. Once in a blue, but it does happen. It does happen. Even I need to learn. It's hard to believe that you even need to learn. It seems like you know everything. I, I constantly have to <laughs> grapple with that. You know, in my own personal Knowing everything? Yeah. <laughs> What's it like to know everything? Yeah, being omniscient is uh, is a curse. Is that what it means? Yes. Omniscient? It would be That's all-knowing. It. <laughs> it might be pronounced omniscient, but I think it's omniscient. Omnipotent would be all-powerful. Wow. Omnipresent would be all-present. All-present? <laughs> Everywhere. What does that even mean? Omni all just present. means all. So, so it's oh, like, I see what you're saying. If people say like God is all around right, us, right, God right. is omnipresent. He's omnipresent. Yeah. Got it. Got it. More learning. <laughs> I just learned. You see that? You just learned. Yeah, and I it's just an learned. educational podcast. So let's let's talk about motivation. We're going back to that. Okay. What are things that maybe not motivation exactly? What are the things? Okay, think about all of the things. That we've been doing recently to better ourselves, mm-hmm. of which there have been numerous things. Mm-hmm. What's the easiest thing to motivate yourself to do? What's the thing that requires the least amount of motivation? Wake if, up, wake up early. So you wake up early easily. Yeah. Okay, that's good. And it motivates me because I see how much time I have in the day, and I'm and I know that like I have the whole day ahead of me, and that that just is like a little excitement. For, for me, just knowing that I was able to do that. And it was so easy. What about out of all the things that we've been doing? Mm-hmm. What's been like the most effective thing? That's That's been... Uh, what would be the one thing? If you had to choose just one thing to continue doing, you had to stop doing all the other stuff. But you feel like you'd still gain a lot of benefit from it. Then what would it be? I would say reading. I know that's generic. I was going to say that too. Really? That's crazy, yeah. 
<laughs> um, we just, yeah, we do that a lot. We say the same thing or we make the same joke before we know the other said it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, reading, because I got to tell you, I spent so many years not reading. Me too. So many years. So many years. Be- and you know how ridiculous that is that I haven't read? Like, I feel embarrassed even saying that out loud. How many books have you read in your life? Not many. Maybe like 10, 15. Like, yeah, me it's too. pretty bad. Same here. It's pretty bad. Yeah, like, and I started a bunch, but I didn't finish. I used to have a joke that was like the average Mexican, Mexican adult. I remember this joke. Only, he reads th- three on, only three books in a year. <laughs> I was like, only? What do you mean only <laughs> three books? That's a lot of books in a year. That is a lot of books. Yeah, but now I'm like, okay, well, now I'm like, probably should read more than and that. And it's like, I, I don't think I really understood the tools I needed to write. I think that's what it comes down to, because the tools I need to write is like, yeah, just absorbing other like vocabulary and vernacular and and just learning about other people's experiences and like being able to like see like story structure seeing how other people write like like i i love to to read like mystery because it's very it's like a like writing jokes or it's like reading a joke because it's like you have a setup that and then the ending is usually completely you know, not not at all where it started. Right. So it's like it's just fascinating to re- to read. I think before I just didn't. I just thought of reading as like boring and like it's just like words on a page. I I just didn't even give it a chance. Yeah, it probably it's related to like the stuff that you you have to read when you're in school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because because then not it, the most enjoyable well, stuff. Like you said on your other podcast, I was listening to the other day. About how like you weren't sure with well, the back to work podcast when you were like I don't know if I want to be a write like a freelance writer because I don't want it to be a chore but that's mm-hmm. that's like that's the way I used to see reading like reading was a chore exactly for such a long yeah. time and I associated reading with being a chore but what a disservice that I've done yeah and the value like look notes from underground right we talked about it on the yep. podcast. I bought this book for $2. If this book it's crazy. was the price $2. that it's worth, it would be like... 100000 maybe. F- no, 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 not that much. <laughs> okay, look, look, look. If it was realistically... Sure, I agree with that. If books were like paintings and there True. was only like one copy of it, True. then this would be worth millions of dollars. True. If a book was like a painting... And there were the there was like extreme value placed on like the original. Yeah. Then this book would be like a hundred million dollars. Yeah, it might be exactly. more. But if there was just like how books are, and you just get a copy of right. it, if this was worth, if they were pricing this what it's worth, it would be like three hundred bucks. It wouldn't be two dollars. Right. You know. Right. Like it's very valuable. It's actually like a little disturbing how cheap these writings are. It's like, not disturbing. It's great. No, no, like, I, I love it, but yeah. I'm just saying that it shows, like, to me, like, pricing equals value, and I, I, compl- I think that that's completely undervalued. Well, it's like a reflection of how people, other people Sorry. value it. I'll okay, go back. pee, and I'll, uh... Hold the fort down. I'm gonna hold the fort down. I am, I am the original host. You're just the co-host. There's no co in front of my name. Well, let's see. It's, it's probably a reflection of how people put value on books so people will pay 
ten dollars a month for Netflix, but they might not pay it buy a ten dollar book. They could buy five two dollar books, and then they could read them, and those five books would occupy their time for months, their free time, their spare time, where they would be watching Netflix. And what you would gain, probably more, don't you think? Especially if they're great books. I always tell you guys to read great books. Read fucking great books. Don't waste your time with bullshit books. Like, you got so many to choose from, dude. I started reading Nausea by Sartre. Or I don't even know if you pronounce his name like that. Jean-Paul Sartre. It's a weird book. I was given it by a friend of mine, Andreas Luizu, who's hilarious, dude. Andreas Luizu. You're going to hear that. You're going to know that name someday. If you don't. I mean, most of the people who listen to this do know him. And so they'll know what I'm talking about. But you'll know that dude someday. Luizu. It's a very unique last name, that's for sure. I just opened Twitter. Let's see what people are mad about on Twitter today. I'm checking what people are mad about on Twitter today. Okay. What do you think they're mad about? I haven't even been... Oh, they're mad about the uh, detention camps on the border. Oh, yeah. Which is weird because they were mad about that like two months ago, really mad. And then everyone stopped talking about it. And now people are talking Talking about about it again. again. Do you think they were maybe trying something new and then it wasn't latching on and they were like... Well, let's just go back to the camps, like the the micro camps. Yeah, know? yeah, they were like, yeah, that was the only effective reaction that they got. Yeah, you know what? Saying I, that, I saw the best tweet the other day, and it was someone saying like, when you explain to someone what Twitter is, when you explain to someone who doesn't know what Twitter is, yeah. what it is, it's so sad. Because like, think about what you would describe Twitter as. Oh, it's yeah. Like, well, it's this place where. There's like celebrities and politicians and a bunch of regular people and everyone just like hates each other. <laughs> that's, that's what Twitter is. Everyone just hates each other. I know. And you said something the other day on your podcast, the AOC podcast, I think, where you were saying that like back in the, I love this line when you were talking about back in the day, people actually had to physically, um, you know, be heroes in, in terms of like showing up places and, and defending others and actually showing actionable um you know things to, to that makes yeah, them a like hero words have become more valuable exactly than actions now. exactly and like words are so cheap i mean uh, unless mm. unless it i mean really words are super cheap not exactly but it's like twitter, I, I, I mean in that context well twitter a lot exactly but and twitter allows for people who like have no they're just not very effective communicators or persuasive communicators yeah. or they don't know you know like i i realized after a long time like i would spend time on twitter like trying to trying to like convert people to my way of thinking mm-hmm. in the worst way possible especially <laughs> after reading the book that we read like it i was doing i was going about it all oh, you were wrong. cutting their pride yeah, oh yeah, yeah it were... was i was going directly into attack mode i was like an attack oh, yeah, dog I, know. I was like you're an idiot here's why thread you know and then i just like give a bunch of reasons why they're wrong and we go back and forth and then i'll be honest there were like two or three times where i actually came to an understanding with another person using that strategy but the effective like the rate at which that was that i actually worked was like you know less than one percent i know but now what i do is i'll just like two times there was like a good understanding at the end this is what i do now mostly 
is like one word trolling or I'll also do this like um, AOC hero, my favorite, the greatest hero of all, the greatest hero that we do not deserve. We are not worthy. <laughs> we are not worthy. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, we are not worthy. She tweeted the other day, she said, I have absolutely zero patience for completely certified, <laughs> card-carrying, and flag-waving racists. None. They can take their little tiki torches somewhere else. We don't give them an inch, a second, a sliver of sunlight, nor the time of day. A sliver of sunlight, sunlight, nor the time of day. Like what? What? we're She's not going to give poetic? them. A, we won't give them a sliver of sunlight. We will give them the light of day, but we will not <laughs> give them a sliver of sunlight. That's so ridiculous. And neither should you. And so I, I said, um, I like quote tweeted it, and I said I feel personally attacked. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of the stuff I've been doing lately. Well, I love that. I used to like back in the day. I used to troll people in chat rooms, just like yeah, stupid. Yeah. Like I told you about this, mm -hmm. like celebrity chat rooms, and I would just write one word like responses to people. I can't tell you how upset people got. Yeah, I would get paragraphs, and and what's funny is you do this too. I noticed you say relax. Sometimes. Yeah, oh, I used is... to tell people to relax. That's the best word. I can't tell you the the responses I got. Yeah. I got like a death threat. I get like people go crazy when you oh tell them God. to relax. How about telling a feminist to relax, especially <laughs> me, and then they see my picture and it's oh a white God. man, and I tell them to relax. Fireworks. Oh, I love it so much. I love it so much. It's like. It's, that's one of my other favorite things. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that horrible? That's what? horrible. What's horrible? Which How part much of it? enjoyment I get out of bothering people no, who but, I really disagree with. That's but this, terrible, but this, isn't it? It's so common, though. I mean, think about babies that just try to get a reaction out of their parents. That's They're true. just like, they kick their feet. Maybe and it's like, human. I think it's human. But that's an, a convenient excuse, isn't it? Well, you're right. To excuse my own no, I know. poor behavior. But, but what I'm saying is like, it is, I usually think it is we're human. both acting in bad faith. Like I'm not usually, I, I'm very rarely going after someone who has like a legitimate critique. Yeah. You can be on the, you can be on the opposing side from me and still bring up yeah. good arguments and I won't even like go after that person or I'll even say like, I never thought about it like that. That's a good point. But yeah. then if someone's like being a complete asshole and they're like, look, if you voted for Trump, you're a Nazi. Period. You hate everyone. You're racist. Yeah. Then it's like, okay, well, you're you're coming at it like an asshole, so yeah. I am going to be an asshole to you. Exactly. And then it's like, I don't but even I, give a shit. It's I just because they're so mad. It would be the same way for anything else. Like, I don't see... Even it, whether they're right or left is what I mean. But I, I think your behavior, I don't see it as serious. Like, I think even if you do, like, see your responses as, like, serious when you troll people, I see it as, like, it's you not, playing around. Yeah, You're oh, it's playing. just play. It's, I'm just at play. You're, like, literally a child in the playground on the side, like, pushing somebody. Exactly. That's all. That's what you're doing. That's what I meant is the difference between what I used to do. Right, That's right. the biggest difference. What I used to do was serious. Attack. Here's how I actually feel about this issue. You used to, like, pull a girl's pigtails and, like, pull them really hard. But now you, like, push somebody down the side. Right. Either way, I'm abusing <laughs> them. I'm abusing women constantly. That's just what I do. Oh, my God. How not, do I stand for this? Not my woman. I would no, never abuse woman. my... Just strangers. I abuse strangers. <laughs> oh, my God. 
But that's what I mean. Like that, what I just said right there, that was play. I was engaging exactly. in play. Exactly. That's, that's what I love about play. you, though. Everyone forgets that Everyone you can play plays. around. And people who take themselves too seriously are really annoying So many people. people. They're so annoying. That is the definition of a politician. That's one of the... You can't be a politician and not take yourself way too seriously. Oh, exactly. That's why You're they're right. the worst. They I are mean, the they're worst. pretty much all the worst, except for like three, you know? Exactly. They all suck. Like the Republicans, the Democrats, the Libertarians, they're fucking lame. I was at a, I was at a, like a wedding this weekend and there was this woman who was like breaking it down on the dance floor. And I was like, she's like the most fun woman. She's like maybe 60 years old and she was like body rolling. And then she told me she's a politician. And I was like, what? I didn't know you guys could have fun. That's amazing. She's amazing. local, right? She's a local, local politician. Local, yeah. Local politicians have a lot more integrity, I would say, than federal <laughs> politicians. Because Probably, yeah. If you're aspiring to be in the federal government, there is a, there is certainly a degree of attention-seeking mm-hmm. that you're looking for. Power. Obviously, it's the same way with a comedian. But I'm seeking attention through having fun. Like, like that's the medium yeah. through which I'm seeking attention. Yeah. It's like, look at me, because if you do, you'll have a good time. Exactly. With politicians, it's like, look at me, because I know what is right, right. and I am smarter than right. you. Like, so look at me, listen to me, I've got the answers. Even though they get the answers from someone else. Yeah, exactly. Someone else writes down the answers. They're like, here you go. These are the answers. And then they go out and they're like, I've got the answers. Me. I thought of them. I am brilliant. I am AOC. I am hero. There is like, I don't think I've ever seen a sincere politician where I'm like, I look at that person. I'm like, that's sincere. Sincere. The only person I I find sincere is uh, Andrew Yang. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's chill. He's really chill. And, and like, yeah, this unpopular opinion, but Trump to an extent, because I do feel like he sometimes is just saying like whatever the fuck he actually thinks. Yeah, it and is he's cool. not being so careful. Well, exactly. And I think that's what's so amazing. It's Usually like, it's retarded what he's saying. Exactly. And the fact that he's not so calculated with what he says. Yeah, is like but hilarious. it's like, it's kind of, it's funny. It's just jarring to see a politician being saying what they actually think. I know. But this is like, you know, I mean, people are getting mad as they're listening to this I right know, now. I don't I like know. to talk about him on I the know. podcast. Because it's a trigger word. I'm so like in the middle on him. Like, I don't hate him and I, I don't like him. You right. know, like, I, it's Same. like he's just there and Same. it doesn't really affect my life. I just don't think that he's doing any more or less than any other politician. I, I just think that like he's being marketed as like the devil. Yeah. But, Probably like, presidents do, don't do as much as I don't think they really do thinks. much. I think that like Congress just pulls him into a room and just tells Not him. Not even Congress. It's, 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 like, it's more powerful forces. True. You know, just tell them what they have to do, and then they're like, "Okay, I'll yeah. just I'll just make the call." But like, they're not really making the call. I don't yeah. think. Well, think about. Um, well, let's not go down into this rabbit hole, but okay. I just want to bring up one point that I heard on a podcast the other day. Okay. Like, you know how they give the president like a briefing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The National Security Council advisor or whatever will in the morning, like every day or whatever, give them like a rundown. Mm-hmm. The president a rundown. Yeah. Of all the threats. They they probably they probably just try to scare the president into doing something. Exactly. They're just like, all right, sit down. Was it your podcast that you talked about this? No. Somebody else. I just heard somebody talk about this. Yeah. Okay. I know the one you're talking about. We're not going to bring up okay. what it is. Um. But and for 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 reasons that I'll discuss after we're okay. done here. But um. Yeah, they're probably just trying to get them. 
like riled up, get them to do something, to act in some way. Because the military guys, like, why would you become a high-ranking military official unless you liked confrontation mm-hmm. to a degree? You want to get something going. Right. And it makes sense. Right. Um, what brought us to this point where we were talking about politicians? I think we're just, oh, oh, you were saying they take themselves too seriously. have more integrity, yes. I feel like, because the local politician is probably less interested in attention-seeking yeah, kind of exactly. thing and more Global interested power. in, like, they're not fixing these fucking potholes, Exactly. Dude. I'll go do it. Like, And fine. that's arguably doing more than... Oh, they're way more effective. Exactly. In a, in a like, they're, 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 like, not, you know, giving stump speeches right. on national television, but they are getting the pothole fixed. Exactly. And that is doing, that's a real action. Yeah. Like, that's helping a local community. Yeah, and they don't have to... They don't have to like debate all the time with like 434 other members of Congress yeah. or 99 other senators. They're just like a few people on a city council. Exactly. It's way easier to get like six people to agree on something than, so true. you know, whatever you would need for a majority in the Congress, which is probably 220 something around yeah. there. I don't know. Like, I'm not even sure what the rules are in Congress if you just need a simple majority. But regardless. Yeah. That's like you're obviously going to get less done because you're going to have less issues where everyone agrees. Exactly. Okay. Let's not end there. Let's not end with no, politics. No, no, no. I'm sorry that we went down that road, to be honest with you. I'm sorry that we went down that road. I don't know what. I only about. like to talk about politics if I'm being 100% sarcastic. Okay. Yeah. This, okay. Let's, let's do something else. I don't like to. I guess. I mean, like, if people. I don't. Because I don't know what my views are on things. Yeah. I kind of spend more time thinking about things that I disagree with, which yeah. is probably not the best way to go about it. But no, I think that's, that's what happened. most of what I'm thinking about politics was. I think that's what so many everyone does. I know, but I heard like. I heard Ari Shafir talking about it on his podcast, and he brought up a good point. Like that that um, feeds into the whole hate culture of Twitter because, oh. like, instead of looking for things I support. I'm looking for things that I hate. Oh, I'm and like, it's like searching a around Twitter for like you're adding to communists, and I'm like, oh, I see. You're a I goddamn see idiot. Like I'm seeking out that kind of thing. Whereas I could just find people who I support, true, true, true. or find like, or then create my own opinions of things that I'm in favor true. of. That is less fun. It's less fun. I know, fun, I know, I know. Honestly. I get what you're saying. It's less fun, like, actually standing for something than, like, yeah. being a sarcastic asshole. About oh, something. I know, I know. I have, like, the most fun with my girlfriends when we're, like, gossiping about something. And right. it's, like, I hate that part of myself that I'm, like, this is so fun, like, agreeing on hating on something. Like, yeah, I how know. shitty is that? But, I like, know. we do it a lot. And then, like, I don't even realize it. I'm, like, oh, shit. Like, I spent a lot of my time doing that. It's ridiculous. Like, it doesn't make me any better of a person. It makes you better to not do it. Yeah, but it's less fun. But that's fun. probably because it's hard to not do it. It's hard It's, it's hard to, to not do it. Yeah. It, totally I think it's fun. more fun. Do you think that people like to gossip because they like agree, They like people agreeing with them? Or do you think they like leading into the hateful thoughts? Like, you think they like the camaraderie of yeah, the gossip? Yeah, that's what I think it is. I think that's what it is. Yeah, I think they... Um, Especially if it's someone you don't know that well. Mm-hmm. And then you can... Uh, yeah, you're like brought together by your criticism of yeah. a third party. Yeah, It's like... 
like the enemy of your enemy is your friend. So if there's someone here you're like on yeah, the fence with and you don't yeah. know them that well or something, and then someone's up on stage and they're bombing, they're eating shit, and you just yeah. walk over, you're like, they're really killing up. I know, I know. It's like, well, now you you two are bonded. I know. And also, it like sort of inadvertently suggests that you're not as terrible as that person yeah. if you're both talking about that. Like the other night, um, my accompanist leaned over to me while somebody was on stage singing, and he was like, wow. At a, um, at a key, am I right? And I was like, oh. And I was like, ex- I was like happy he said that to me because I was like, oh, does that mean I'm always on key? Oh, yes, exactly. I just thought yeah. of that. Because if someone comes up to you, like if someone comes up to me and is critiquing a comedian on stage who's eating shit, yeah. then they think you don't more eat highly of me. Exactly. They're like, can you believe he's fucking doing that? Well, exactly. that means that I don't do that. Because you're in the tier above yeah. who's on stage then. Yeah. Because you like, understand, Yeah, right? I mean, think exactly. I, I always talk about people who um, put their hand in their pocket mm-hmm. when they're performing, which to me seems like, I don't like a that really big waste of a really effective tool. Like, your hand is an effective tool. Mm-hmm. I will say this. There's, there's, like, one exception, which would be, like, if the vibe calls for it, mm-hmm. and then it's, like, within the joke that you're, like, you can maybe put your hand in your pocket, mm-hmm. but only briefly and only if it fits the moment. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, like people will go up and then for their whole set, they'll keep their hand in their pocket. Yep. They'll take it out to gesture and then they'll put it back in the pocket. Mm-hmm. It's like a gun in a holster. Yep. It's like, no man, just shoot the gun all over. Like, come on. Yep. You don't have to keep it in the holster. Plus, that's not how anyone really talks. Like, no one... like. If someone was talking to you, if you're standing outside or I whatever, and someone had both of their hands in their pockets... That's their person is uncomfortable probably. Oh yeah, or they, they might say your be, arms crossed too. That's yeah. an uncomfortable person. Arms crossed it depends because if you're leaning back, yeah, if you have like good posture, yeah, then that does not show that you're <laughs> uncomfortable to me. Well, now the world knows. Now my podcast listeners know that Nicole burps all the time. <laughs> so what are you I'm not at all about surprised. That the table. I don't. I just completely. I don't. I barely even notice it anymore. It's like white noise to me. It's like I hardly notice it. But I mean, for them, it might have been jarring. You know. <laughs> Sorry for the trauma, listeners. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, I wouldn't go up to some, like if if comedy A is on stage, if comedian if comedian A is on stage with their hand in their pocket, and comedian B is next to me, right? Who also puts their hand in their pocket. I wouldn't say to comedian B, like, can you believe this guy's got his hand in his pocket again? Right, Because comedian B does the same thing. Exactly. I might, come to think of it, I might do that, but it would just to be, like, giving advice to comedian B. And I'd only do that if they were, like, a new, if they were, like, a new comic and they're still impressionable to that kind of thing. And, like, maybe I could be, like, you see, he's putting his hand in his pocket. And then maybe comedian B would be, like, oh, no, I put my hand in my pocket, too. I shouldn't do that. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, so yeah, I guess, yeah, yeah. but for the most part, I would just be like, I wouldn't bring it up. Exactly. Exactly. No, I get what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Because that's almost like you're like hinting at something or you could just be doing it to be playful. Like, yeah. like he knows that you're just ragging on him. Exactly. Oh, that yeah. too. Yeah, that too. So. <laughs> Is there anything else to say? So much to say. Always. There is always a lot to say, but we have said a lot. We said a lot. We're at an hour and a half. That seems wow. like let, let's okay, end it there. Good. Let's okay. end it. This was good. This was productive. Thank you so much for this time. Thank you for letting me co-host. Yeah, you were um, a good co-host. Thank you. For the most part, there are a couple 
there were a couple moments where you insulted my pride and my <laughs> character and my integrity. And for that reason, um, you will be punished. What? Besides that, you did a really good job. No water? Are you, you going to take away my... What are you going to take away? Their privileges will be stripped. <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's just the beginning. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think the audience likes you. Oh, I think good. that's the kind of you feedback think? I'm getting. Yeah. Oh, good. I'm glad. Yeah. I got I got one good review from someone who said that he really enjoyed hearing me on your podcast. That's that's, that's good, Mr. Andreas Leizu. Yes. He told me that. So. Leizu, it's Louise. Louise. When you were taking, when you were peeing, I was telling them about Andreas because I brought oh, up that you? he gave me this book called oh, Nausea so by Jean Paul Sartre. Okay. It's so. Andreas gave me this book, and it's if you read it, you'd be like, "Of course, Andreas gave really? me this Why? book." Really? <laughs> Why? Why you say like, that? Andreas will know what I'm talking about if he's listening. By the to way, <laughs> you guys should listen to Andreas Luizu's comedy. Um, I'm not sure if he's a comedy like uh, video on, on I, but just I, look I already, him up. I plugged the guy. Don't oh, worry. okay, okay. I did sufficient. Okay, good. He's he's good. Okay. He's great. He's awesome. We love him. We love him. Here at Storytime with Dave, we are we big him. supporters of Andreas Luizu. Um, yeah, so let's see. Go to my website, DaveNamory.com. That's not weird. Why are you acting like that was weird that we said it at the same time? I said, go to my website, pause. <laughs> you're right. You're right. That's not that weird. That's not that weird. That's not. So you should go there. You should go there. Um... Continue to listen to my podcast. Subscribe if you haven't already. This way you can get, you'll get a notification when I come out with a new episode, which is pretty much daily or every other day or so. I did have a couple weeks where it was a little lighter, but yeah. I'd say the, this week I've been good. I've this been kind of doing, been I've been, been doing pretty it. much every day. So, uh, you know, we, we here at Storytime with Dave love you. Love you. We love you we all. We love you all. You're trying to do the thing. You're trying to force it. I'm now. not. I was just trying to say what you say at every end of the podcast. I love. We love you all. I don't believe you. I was saying it just to be. I was being genuine. Unethical. Mm-hmm. You're being unethical. <laughs> okay. I love you, Nicole. I love you. Is unethical. <laughs> I guess if you want to be loved by an unethical person, go for it <laughs> by all means. But I do. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Bye, everyone. Bye.